For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Now, folks, this is telling us something important. When we pray, we are immediately heard when we pray in faith. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. We often battle not against human beings, but against spiritual beings we cannot see. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Courageous Living in Trying Times, taken from the book of Daniel. You know, there's hardly a more graphic display of spiritual warfare in the entire Bible than the one revealed to us in Daniel chapter 10. God literally pulls back the curtain for us to witness an intense battle between angels and demons in a satanic attempt to block Daniel's answer to prayer. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, The Glorious Man. Last time we looked at Daniel's famous prophecy of 70 weeks. Now if you missed that, I would encourage you to get the CD or listen online. Now, let me give you an incentive for doing it, if you missed it. Because if you understand Daniel 9 and the prophecy of 70 weeks, you'll have no problem understanding the rest of Bible prophecy. That's how key Daniel 9 is. If you understand Daniel 9 and the prophecy of 70 weeks, it's the key to unlocking the rest of Bible prophecy, including the book of Revelation. Now, next we come to chapter 10, and I've just called this the glorious man because Daniel's going to have a vision. He has a vision of a glorious, angelic being. And as with the beginning of chapter 9, Daniel gives us the time in which this vision took place. Look what he says in verse 1 of chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, that Cyrus is very important, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. But in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was called in the Babylonian kingdom, they named him Belteshazzar. And the message was true, but the appointed time, says Daniel, was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. So the message was true. Let's just notice. Now, let me just say something real quickly about Cyrus. We know that this vision of Daniel's that we're about to read about occurred after Cyrus's decree that the Jews could leave captivity and return to Jerusalem to rebuild. The way we know that is because Ezra 1 and verse 1 tells us that that decree went out in the first year of Cyrus. So in Cyrus's first year, God moved on him. He didn't know it was God, but God moved on him. Instead, released the Jewish people to go back to their homeland after 70 years of bondage. That happened in the first year. All right, in the third year, two years later, Daniel has this dream, has this vision. 
Now, Daniel testifies regarding this vision that first, it is true. I love truth. What about you? Do you love the truth? Aren't you sick of people lying? Aren't you sick of lying in Washington? People just look you right in the eyeball and just lie to you like you're stupid. Now, I'm not getting political on you. I'm only giving it as an example. It's amazing to me that they can look into the eye of a television camera that is going to the whole nation and just tell a bald-faced lie and go home and go to sleep. I'd be dying a thousand deaths that I was going to be found out. Anyway, he says, when God speaks, it's always true. Paul said in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, let God be true and every man a liar. So God always tells the truth. Can we say that together? God always tells the truth. I mean, if he tells you something, it's true. He cannot tell a lie. And then he's told, that is Daniel, that the appointed time for the vision's fulfillment is long. Now, this phrase, the appointed time, is way better translated, quote, times of war and great hardship. The King James translators translated this, the appointed time, But a better translation for us today would be to understand that he's talking about war and hardship that is coming. Let me give you a couple of other translations. The New American Standard Bible, a really great translation, puts this verse this way. The message was true and one of great conflict. So there you have it. Now, the New Living Translation, another really good recent translation, puts it, Quote, he understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. So there you have it. What Daniel is receiving in chapter 10 is letting him know that his people are in for some real trouble. Down the tunnel of time. In the future. Times of war and great hardship. Amen or at least, oh me. Now, Daniel is receiving a revelation concerning great wars and conflicts that we're going to learn more about in chapters 11 and 12. The Holy Spirit is going to expand on this to Daniel in the last two chapters of the book. But the timing here is important because Daniel, who was obviously concerned about the exiles, who had been released how long before he had this dream? Two years. So he's concerned about the exiles because he's probably heard that work on the temple that they went back to rebuild has been halted. And this has probably really bothered him. Now, if you've read the book of Nehemiah, you know all about two characters named Sam Ballot and Tobiah. The book of Nehemiah is all about the rebuilding of the wall, the rebuilding of Jerusalem, and that initial project. Now, Sam Ballot and Tobiah were sworn enemies of the Jewish people. And they did everything they could to stop the rebuilding of the wall and the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And we read in the book of Nehemiah that they actually succeeded in it coming to a halt for a season. Now, this may explain why Daniel in chapter 10 is mourning as revealed in verses 2 and 3. So let's read those verses. He says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. 
So Daniel here is fasting. He's seeking God over his people and his homeland, asking for an answer or a revelation to give him understanding of what was happening. Now, this is what I like about Daniel. If things around him are happening that he did not understand, he went to God to get understanding. And you know what? God's always got something to say if we're listening. God will speak if you'll listen. Have you ever noticed how hard it is just to get yourself quiet long enough to even think a coherent thought? We're in such a busy culture. But this Daniel, when something bugged him, perplexed him, vexed him, he went straight to God and he set his face to seek God until he got an answer, until he got a revelation, which is exactly what happened. Notice that when we humble ourselves before God, as Daniel did, it brings results. Now, if there's one thing Daniel knew how to do better than most, it was pray and seek God until he got an answer. You see him doing it all through the Bible. And what did we learn in earlier chapters? He had a habit. We call it a holy habit. What was that holy habit? He prayed how many times a day? Three. Three times a day, the man stopped whatever he was doing and prayed and worshiped God. No wonder God was talking to him. And so he prayed and fasted for 21 days. And then an incredible vision occurred. Everybody say he got a breakthrough. You know, you pray and you pray and you pray. We've got an old illustration that I've shared a couple of times, but it's always worth resharing. In the olden days when they were first setting up, pulling electricity to different towns that had always been had candlelight for their light. They had candles or lanterns. There was no electricity. When electricity was discovered and they started pulling electricity to different towns and lighting those towns up with electricity instead of candle power, they would do this. They would dig a hole, they would set a pole, and they would string more wire. And then they would dig another hole, set another pole, string more wire. And they would blaze their way through incredibly dense forests and wilderness to get electricity to the next town. And they would do this over and over, dig a hole, set a pole, string a wire, dig a hole, set a pole, string a wire. But one day, they finally reached the town, dug the last hole, set the last pole, strung the last wire, and hit the switch, and the town lit up. That's the way prayer works. You dig a hole. You get up every day, whether you're seeing the answer or not, and you dig a hole. You pray. And you set a pole. I prayed today. You string that wire. And then the next day, you dig another hole. And you set another pole. And one day, your prayer connects. And the answer comes. And your life is lit up. All right? This is Daniel. Look, here he's praying 21 days every day. Digging a hole, setting a pole, stringing a wire. Prayer wire. Wick wire. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but anyway, so just keep that in mind that just because it doesn't come the first day doesn't mean, and we're going to see that in just a moment. So he prays for 21 days. Now look what happened when he finally dug that last hole, set that last pole, prayed for the last time. Here comes the vision, verse 4. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of Euphaz. Now look at verse 6, how he describes him. 
His body was like beryl. His face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. This was not a normal man. Now this glorious being, let me talk to you about this being for a moment. And I'm going to tell you who I don't think it was. Because this is obviously a supernatural being. And do you know that right now if we had spiritual eyes to see what God sees, there's supernatural beings right now around this church. Some of you have had an angel posted by you at all times because of the way you drive. (laughs) And sometimes even that angel can't keep up with you. But watch, seriously, if we could have eyes to see, we would see warfare happening, we would see evil spirits, and we would see angelic beings that are glorious to behold, just like this one. And I really believe around this building, anywhere Jesus is high and lifted up, the psalmist said in Psalms 91, he gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. I think one of the great shocks of heaven is going to be when God shows us how many times we were saved by the intervention of an angelic being, protected. Some of you ought to be dead and you know it. You wonder how you're not dead. There was some supernatural intervention in your life. God kept you alive. Now, let me tell you who I don't think it was. This glorious being could not have been Jesus. Because in verse 13, this being tells Daniel that he had been restrained by the prince of Persia who was a demonic spirit. We're going to look at more in a moment. My Jesus was never hindered by demons. I mean, they never hindered him. He said, come out, they came out. And they begged him for mercy. So I don't believe this was Jesus. I know it wasn't the archangel Michael because this angel refers to Michael in verse 13. So it couldn't have been Michael. I believe it's highly possible, though it doesn't name him, that it was Gabriel, who has already appeared to Daniel twice before, once in chapter 8, verse 16, and again in chapter 9, verse 21. So Gabriel is appearing to Daniel twice already, and I personally believe this was probably thrice, three times. And you know this angel Gabriel plays a huge role in some of the Bible's key events. In the New Testament, he appears. It was Gabriel who appeared to John the Baptist's daddy, the high priest, Zacharias, and told him about John the Baptist. That was Gabriel. And then Gabriel had the highest of honors to appear to the young teenager, Mary, and tell her there was going to be an immaculate conception. That was Gabriel. And that's four appearances that I know of in the Bible, twice to Daniel, once to Zacharias, and once to Mary. So, and all the time with key events and key assignments that had to do with the last days or something super special like the birth of the Christ child. So if I were to guess, I'm going to go with Gabriel is the one who appeared here. Now next, Daniel describes the effect that this angelic visitation had on the men who were with him, and I love this. Verse 7, look what happened. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me, they didn't see the vision. But even so, a great terror fell upon them. 
so that they fled to hide themselves. They ran and they didn't know why they were running. Something supernatural was there. I got to think of Paul when he was knocked down on the road to Damascus by that brilliant light. It says that he heard a voice, but the men that were with him didn't hear it. And they didn't see the light, but they were terrified. See, when heaven shows up, you hit the ground. I mean, when heaven shows up, you are on your face. If you should ever be visited by an angel, you will not be sitting down and having a cup of coffee and talking about the weather. It will not be casual. It'll be humbling. It'll be an awesome experience. It will elicit a level of fear and certainly awe. It'll be awesome. These men didn't see what Daniel did, but the spiritual presence alone of this mighty angel brought terror to them. And I really personally believe God wanted them to get out of there so he could talk to his man. Now, next Daniel says in verse 8, therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision. And here's what it did to Daniel. No strength remained in me. My vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Folks, he was slain. He went into a trance-like sleep at the presence of this mighty being. We serve a mighty God. And you know, these angels only serve our Lord Jesus Christ. They do whatever he says. And they are mighty beings. You know what? For every devil coming against you, there's two angels that did not fall. So the devil's got a third of the angelic beings. We have two-thirds. The devil has only himself. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We are clearly the winners and not the losers. Amen? So here's Daniel in this prostrate position, his face to the ground in a deep sleep, and the angel speaks to him in verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. Stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Whew. I almost want to do a show and tell. If we could all just stand up for a minute and just kind of shake a little bit. That's what he was experiencing. A literal translation, he calls him greatly beloved. And a literal translation from the Hebrew would read, man of preciousness. Daniel was precious in God's sight. And what a tremendous compliment. Don't you want God saying about you, man of preciousness or woman of preciousness? How many of you would love that? Well, you've already got it. You think if he said that to Daniel, he doesn't say it to you, his own blood-bought children? He has already looked at you and said, man of preciousness. Woman of preciousness. You're precious in God's sight. Why was Daniel precious in God's sight? Why did he call him man of preciousness? Because Daniel was a man of faith and a man of good works. He devoted himself entirely to doing God's will and pleasing God. And, you know, we've often heard the statement, well, you're not saved by works, but you're saved by grace. And that's completely true. But sometimes I as a pastor get concerned that we almost downplay works. Oh, well, you know, you're not saved by works, so works aren't important. But you know what? Works are very important. Works don't save you, but works testify to your having been saved. Amen? I mean, you can do good works. You know, if God lets you live to be 300, none of it would save you. 
But the Bible says God saved you so that you would be involved in good works. When you read the Pauline letters, Paul over and over again tells the Christians in the churches, he says, be zealous for good works. Always be zealous for good works. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always involved in what God is doing. So you're not supposed to sit there on your blessed assurance and do nothing until you go to heaven one day. Now, what this mighty angel says next is one of the most graphic and instructive glimpses into spiritual warfare in the entire Bible. It is equaled only by Ephesians 6. And in some ways, it's more graphic than Ephesians 6. Look what he says in verse 12. This angel now tells Daniel something. He says, Then he said to me, Don't fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Now, folks, this is telling us something important. When we pray, we are immediately heard. Immediately. God hears it immediately when we pray in faith. But look what happened next. Look what this angel tells Daniel. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. How long was Daniel fasting? 21 days. How long did he keep on digging holes and setting poles and stringing wire? 21 days. So look. The whole time he's persevering in prayer, there's a battle going on in heaven. Wow. That ought to give you holy ghost bumps on top of your holy ghost bumps. Look what he says. And behold, Michael, here's the archangel Michael. One of the chief princes came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now catch this. Daniel's told on the very first day of his prayer and fasting, the angel was released with the answer. Daniel says, God, I want to understand what's going on with the people. Why the work has stopped in Jerusalem? Tell me. And God sent an angel, an archangel, Gabriel, with the answer. First day. But on his way to Daniel, and we read earlier, he flew swiftly to Daniel when he appeared to him once. So this angel is flying swiftly to Daniel again. Well, I'm so thankful that God allowed us to see what can really take place in the spiritual arena when we are in prayer. How inspiring also to see how Daniel refused to quit praying until his answer came. I really can't wait to share part two with you next time. Now don't go anywhere because we have some exciting things to share with our Life Talk listeners you're going to want to take advantage of. And until our next broadcast, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Now, here's our announcer. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now. Or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Glorious Man is the 11th message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.